Hi friends, we're really blessed this morning to have Stuart uh, Sampson with us uh, from Cap Money Australia. Stuart is the, the head of Cap Money Curriculum. These guys are based in Sydney, but certainly they do a lot of stuff around Australia in lots of different churches. So Stuart, welcome. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Just before we begin, um, tell us a bit about yourself, where you're from, uh, where your migration happened to getting into Sydney and mm. just a few interesting um, things that we need to know about that. Yeah, I'm an Adelaide boy originally, so uh, made the move to uh, the East Coast uh, two years ago to take a role here at Christians Against Poverty at CAP um, in the CAP money space, which has been really exciting. My background was actually in child protection, so working with kids in in state care and um, really getting to know what it means to work with vulnerable people and, and people who struggle and, and certainly um, uh, people are vulnerable and struggle when they can't manage their money well. So it's been a really interesting journey getting to be a part of this. So was that just a natural progression for you to move into something where uh, the, the numerical figure really became quite a real, real um, importance around poverty? Was that, mm-hmm. was that a real link for you? Well, the link is that uh, money and poverty and, and struggles with money really are only ever the, the symptom of an underlying cause, a root cause. Um, and so really, the, yeah, the, the two go hand in hand. Money's never, never the be-all and end-all of someone's issue. It's always something a bit more than that, whether it be relationship breakdown or, or family struggles or, or tragedies in life, um, all sorts of different things can cause those issues. So, uh, yeah, we certainly have a diverse sort of people we work with. That's amazing, isn't it? So you're, you're based in Sydney now, that's correct? Uh, well, actually, our office is in Newcastle, sorry. So we're a little oh. bit north of Sydney, um, which we don't mind at all, less traffic. I guess we, yeah, is it, because there's pretty good rivalry, isn't there, between oh, yeah. Newcastle and Sydney? <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, we're all, we're, all, we're all friends, aren't we? That's it. So, I mean, the most obvious question, you've alluded to it, but um, I'm going to ask it. I mean, why, why is managing money well important? Yeah, I mean, it because it's a major factor in our lives. We all have to deal with money and interact with money. It's how we get around in this world. But the truth is um, most people, even those with lots of money coming in, actually don't really know uh, what is going on in their finances. In fact, there's some research that suggests that the more money uh, people have, the less they know what's going on with it because it's a little bit easy come, easy go. Sometimes uh, people with a very little really know the value of a dollar and um, really want to make that count. So it's important because it, it's a huge part of our lives. It's how we get around. Um, but it's uh, a factor that most people struggle with. Mm. I'm, I'm really mindful as well, just because of certainly COVID this year. Um, it's official. We're officially in a recession. Um, mm. And so some of these issues become incredibly relevant, don't they, around how do we manage money better in this season? Mm. I mean, it's something that it's this whole season has really taught us is that we don't control everything in our lives. In fact, there are bigger things and, and powers at play and uh, stuff that we just do not control. And that's um, uh, something that a lot of the people we work with have been really cognizant of. And, and so much of it has just happened to us and there's very little we feel like we can do about it. Um, and that's why when we teach people about managing money, here at Cap, it's always um, in the context, not of uh, controlling our money, because we actually don't really... Um, feel like we can ever fully control all the circumstances that happen to us, but just about managing it well. So there's a, a real difference there between feeling like we can uh, have everything squared up so that no disaster would ever befall us. Um, we just don't know if that's a realistic aspiration because as we know, people who have 
had the sort of biggest bank accounts and the surest superannuation funds and, and all the sort of um, ways of trying to shore up their, their themselves and feel like they've got a sense of control can even come unstuck. And so really we want to consider how can we in good times and in bad times just manage money well, manage the, what's coming in, what's going out, um, the different unexpected circumstances that come our way and how can we do all that um, as followers of Christ um, and as people that have our hope in something larger uh, than just our money, but knowing that it's such an important uh, factor in our lives. And we know it's difficult to handle, um, but um, my, the Bible does talk a lot about, about money. Mm, for sure. I'm really aware that in our culture, you know, we, we certainly have a consumeristic culture. Um, mm. this, this sense of buy more, buy more, you'll feel better, buy more. Um, well, you see this on TV commercials. Our letterboxes are full of um, brochures around why you should be buying the latest thing. I must confess mm. myself, my eBay purchases have increased in the last six months. Um, but, you know, the, the church is no different from those mm. sort of influences. Um, tell me a little bit about that. So in terms of balancing consumerism and uh, being mindful of actually being a bit more prudent with with some of finances. Mm, it's um it's a sudden rule a, a little bit of a um I feel like sometimes a bit of a rat in a maze like with all the advertising and um the the consumer culture that we live in the material world that that bombards us with messages of um you can have it all and and this will fulfill you in a certain way. Marketers are experts at creating a sense of um, fear or uncertainty and saying that this product will will satisfy that need, satisfy that desire. Um, but we know it's sort of a bit of a never-ending pursuit for more. And so we want to step back as followers of Jesus and go, will that really satisfy me in a way that's really meaningful? Actually, what is this product and what do I want it for? So uh, we want to think about being conscious of that and not just sort of blindly following um, those things. But I think um, when, we th- when we consider questions of consumerism and, and how do I know if I'm spending too much on on stuff, I think um, it's a topic that the Bible certainly says a lot about um, what we should do with our money, but it doesn't necessarily give us a list of what we can and can't buy as mm-hmm. of Christ. Um, but there's a few things that we like to consider, or I like to consider as, as um, I uh, make purchases, and one of them is um, considering how much do I spend on myself and how much do I spend on others. We, we believe that um, God provides us uh, with, with all of our resources, whether that be our money, our time, our, our skills, all that. And it's not just for us to accumulate um, things for ourselves and make ourselves feel comfortable and secure, but it's actually that he's given us enough that the whole community would, would have enough, um, that we all um, can participate in, especially at church. It's just the perfect environment to be able to know one another and provide for one another's needs. So considering how much do I spend on just me or sort of me and, and my most immediate family and how much do I spend on others? So that's a question to ask um, when thinking about how much do I spend? Is it too much on stuff? Another one is considering um, does what I buy reflect what I truly want to value? Um, when, I, when I say that I follow Jesus, I am buying into a sort of set of principles and ideals. Um, and I might say that on the one hand, I really value being generous and um, giving and um, not consumeristic, but does my actually my actual purchases reveal that and and money has a real way of actually uh, our budgets have a real way of revealing a little bit of who we truly are in some senses the things we buy and then finally um a good practice or a good discipline when we when we go to buy something um, is to maybe just write it down and stop and and leave it for a couple of weeks or even a month and and if in that time you really felt like you missed out on that thing and, and you really needed it then then maybe go for it but if it comes to the end of that few weeks that month and 
you really didn't miss it that much. Maybe it's something you didn't need. So just slowing down, not, not buying something immediately as soon as the, the ad comes up or, or the thought comes, but just slowing that process down. It's just um, some, some ways to sort of um, stem the effects that consumerism can have on us. Yeah, and look, certainly um, I'm really reminded of um, how streaming services are kind of like the new thing, right? So mm. I'll fully put my hand up here. You know, I do have a Netflix account. I have a Stan account. Yeah. Uh, we, we share them with another couple, so don't judge me too much. Nice, um, nice. But, you know, again, we, we also have an iTunes account. So, you know, th these things do actually um, become quite a, not always a burden, but they are, they are um, certainly a big part of our budget. It's also the posture, isn't it? Thinking that we have enough money, we can just splurge a little bit for just to be that 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 person that binges and watches whatever we want, whenever we want mm. it. I mean, that we talked about consumerism. That kind of is that consumeristic culture, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. And I mean, um, uh, interestingly, Australians spend in the multiple billions of dollars every year on um, services and subscriptions that they don't use. It's a really interesting um, uh, statistic of Australian spending that we often will sign up to the services and once they've got our, our direct debit details and they take that money out, we often forget about uh, all those things coming out. We, we might not have watched Stan for three months, but we're still paying for it. And so um, sometimes it's good to stop and think, oh, am I getting enough value out of that to justify that, that expense on my, on my budget, yeah. Gym memberships are one of the best examples of that. Hey, totally. We get them all in uh, in December and January, and then by March we've forgotten all about them. So just picking up on some of these things. So we've we've certainly in Victoria we have been in isolation just a little bit longer than you guys. Mm. Um, but you know we've all been staying home a lot more. We've all been, I guess, a, a little bit more prudent with our money. Um, but but certainly we're spending less, and um, government data shows that um, spending data has. Uh, is telling us it's decreased um, personal um, savings data is telling us it's that seriously increased. Mm. I think it's something by 30% or something. I could be wrong, but I think I heard that the other day. Are there some lessons that we can learn from this time of isolation or staying at home? Mm. I think it's a good chance for us to stop and say, well, there's some things I was doing just because it was a bit automatic. I was just in the habit of um, the daily coffee commute, the daily uh, lunch hour, the, you know, all these sort of things that just become, second nature and habits, um, were they really as important as I thought they were? Uh, really, it's just an opportunity to stop and take stock and think, were there more meaningful things? Was the dinners at home with the family actually a really great thing in my life? Um, do, I, do I enjoy it? Or having people over for dinner, I don't know how many people you're allowed to have over in your houses at the moment. <laughs> Depends <laughs> on what weekend at the moment. Yeah, that's right. You might be able to have one or two bits, something like that. But anyway, uh, just as that is to say, you know, do we have to always go out for dinner? Can we have people over? Is that a beautiful way to bring people into our lives? And so, yeah, you're right. People are saving a little bit more, um, which is great. And um, the government stimuluses have um, certainly helped um, some people in that. And um, just being wise with that is is really important. So look, um, so certainly um, one thing that's in my mind is just around that idea of um, like you know, pr practical savings or, or budgeting well in this mm. season. And that, that is, I guess, on the, the other end of the spectrum is around um, reactionary budget cuts, if you know what mm. I mean. So, so within a household, you know, there are always going to be those particular um, core essential utilities that we pay for. Mm. Um, and, and quite often we can, you know, it could be like a pendulum. We can swing between, well, we've got to be more money this month, so we're going to spend more. And then in tighter seasons, it becomes a reactionary thing. And we, mm. we cut back very, very quickly on just about everything just for mm. that unique season. And yet, you know, I'm, 
I'm mindful too, you know, the, the, the Bible talks about us doing well with our resources, actually being mm. responsible with that stuff. So I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking about you guys. Do, do you want us to, to, to tell us a little bit more about um, the curriculum, I guess, a bit more that you're part of, or even to some of the, the other um, work that CAP does? Yeah, I mean, one of the big things we, we really major on is, especially if um, you're a couple um, and, and living together or you're in a family, is to talk about this stuff together um, and, and really make decisions as a, as a team. You know, you, if you're a family, you're sort of in a little team there and um, that can be a, a... We know money stress is the leading cause of, of marriage and relationship breakdown and, and so um, starting to actually have healthy conversations about money really uh, can be so hard because... These are um, conversations about what we value, what we want. When one partner says, uh, I think we should cut this, and the other partner says, no way, how, how dare you touch that? Um, you know, these can be real points of tension. So actually to sit down and stop, know yourself what you value, know what your partner values, and actually go, okay, um, let's do this. And, and really the first thing to not be too reactionary is to know what you're spending your money on. So um, actually putting a budget together, we talk about budgets, but most of us, maybe live with a bit of a budget in our head, sort of assuming we know what we spend our money on, um, but actually taking a little bit of time to sit down and, and actually sort of write the list of outgoings. And, and some people feel like budget's a bit of a dirty word. It's a bit scary and boring. It's numbers. But really a budget is just a simple list of what comes in and what goes out, um, whether that be sort of weekly, monthly, you know, over the year. Um, and one of the best ways you can really consider, okay, how do I make non-reactionary spending cuts um, is, is to sort of put that list, to put that budget in order of importance. So if you've got the core things right at the top, you know, your, your house, your utilities, uh, your food, you know, those sort of things, and work your way down to the, to the most non-essential items. And so um, you know that when you have a tighter season, you know the months are a little bit leaner, uh, where do you start cutting? We just go to the bottom. What, what are the least necessary items? And, and we've, I've decided or we've decided as a team, you know, we partnered, um, yeah, we'll just cut from the bottom and, and see how that goes. And um, that way, you know, you're not um, going to be, uh, yeah, like going hungry. Uh, a lot of people do, especially if they're um, up to their eyeballs in debt and feeling that that's unmanageable. Um, cutting, out, cutting out the food budget is, is really scary. Um, but another thing that people don't realise they can do when they start um, cutting their budget, they don't realise that they can pick up their phone and actually talk to their creditors. A lot of people are in debt. We're one of the most indebted nations in the world, um, Australians. I love personal debt, um, have, a, have a love affair with it. And uh, so a lot of people don't realise that when uh, times are getting tough, creditors have hardship departments and they, they're open to conversations. And so maybe instead of cutting, cutting uh, some essentials out, actually picking up the phone and having a chat to creditors to say, um, can we reduce the payments this month and, or for the next little future? And they can be, be more, they're much more agreeable. Creditors are much more agreeable when you take the front foot and have a conversation with them. And that's a big part of the work we do. Um, is, is helping people manage debt. Um, and so it's, it's in, a, in a healthy way. So you, you alluded to before just around debt and, uh, and certainly as a nation, my goodness, we, we do have a lot of debt. We like to mm. stack that up. Um, quite often the credit card can be the best and worst example of where household mm. debt can go backwards very quickly. Um, are, are there some things that we need to be mindful? I, I think particularly around um, interest rates um, with our credit cards, that's a mm. big one, isn't it? It's, mm. it's quite often a kicker. So you've got to do your research for that stuff. Are there other things that we should be aware of? Yeah, I think um, one, one big thing to be aware of is the minimum repayments on credit cards 
Um, if, you, if you're only contributing to the minimum um, repayment that the bank asked for, uh, you could be paying that thing off for, for 20 years. Um, we have clients and, and people that come to us who um, have maybe a $2,000 limit on their credit card that's taken them um, 20 years to pay off and they've ended up spending, um, you know, 20 grand on fees and interest rates and charges over that time. And so people get really stung if they're just sort of ticking away. It's a bit um, set and forget in the background, not really thinking about it. So not, not um, uh, taking it seriously and, and actually trying to get on top of that. I think um, one of the things we love about having a credit card is it's a bit of a security blanket for a lot of people, you know, you know but they might not live on it day to day, but at least it's there if I, if I ever need it. And so we, um, we would encourage people to, to consider whether they might actually build up a little emergency fund. Uh, I think the most common amount people have on a credit card is $3,000. Um, between three dollars and $7,000 is a very common credit card balance. And so encouraging people to consider rather than having a credit card that comes with all sorts of fees and charges um, uh, that you can accumulate, um, just maybe work on building up a bit of an emergency fund of a similar amount. Uh, a savings account actually um, can earn you money if there's a bit of interest coming in, so it's not charging you fees and then you're never going to get stung with, a, uh, with late fees or interest rates. But, but you've got that money there to, uh, to just in case an emergency pops up or you just need some quick cash rather than relying on a credit card or a payday lender or or other sorts of small personal loans, <laughs> wallet wizards and the nimbles and all those sorts of things, easy cash, um, but they come at a price. And so we encourage people to consider um, whether they might be able to just squirrel a bit away and, and have that sort of fund there so that in the emergency they can uh, do it themselves. Look, it's been wonderful for you to share some of your, some of your wisdom. Um, what are some ways that uh, people can get connected with you guys? I know that you run some courses as well. Just talk me through a little bit of that. Yeah, well, CAP really exists to equip churches to have uh, these sorts of conversations about money, um, but also to walk with people who are in debt. And so we do this by training churches to put on uh, money courses and they can do this and, and put them on for their church congregations and, and their members of the community. It really just talks about the basics of building a budget, uh, making it balance, um, a lot of the things I've talked about um, today. And it's stuff that some people might think is common sense, but really we know that it's not actually that common, uh, common sense. Um, so just really good basic principles, but run by the local church, so done in the context of community. Uh, but we also walk alongside people um, who often come out of those courses feeling like, oh, man, my debt is serious, it's unmanageable. Uh, we train coaches um, in local churches. We call them debt coaches. You have to walk alongside a person when they're in that position and say, hey, uh, let us help help make sense of this for you and, and provide them plans and, and opportunities to, to uh to just really build their capability and getting in touch with their creditors and doing that. So, so we have those resources, but those, those, um, those courses are free to attend. You can find locations on the CAP Money website, uh, of the CAP website, uh, capost.org. Uh, you can search for course in your area. So you can get along to a course that, a, that another church is running, um, but you can also get trained in this stuff. We've got um, a training that's uh, accessible online um, and you can talk to uh, yeah, your church about maybe getting involved in, uh, in some of that. And what about if some of those people want to donate some money? Is that, is that something that you guys Yeah, abs absolutely. And because and all our programs are free to the community, people can um, do that. And uh, we want to make it all, always accessible to people, especially those who are in debt and couldn't afford this sort of thing themselves. Uh, and so it incurs uh, a cost. And so, yeah, if, if people would like to donate to this work, donate to more resources being available and, and more churches being trained to run courses like this, they can come to our website and, uh, and set up a donation. That'd be uh, much appreciated. 
Wonderful. Well, thank you, Stuart. You've been absolutely a, a blessing for us today. So thank you. Um, God bless you with all you do. Um, certainly it'll be good to remain connected and see whether we can touch base a bit more over the next uh, season. Um, but certainly thank you for what you do. I've, I've heard anecdotally from lots of different people in my journey about the great work that you do. And so thank you, my friend. It's, uh, it's great to hear some good stories and to know that people can be resourced well. So thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you, guys, and bless you. Hi friends, look, it was wonderful to have that conversation with Stuart. And so as we sort of anchored down this service today, we thought we would have a conversation with some people in our community who are at different life stages um, and, and at a different journey within parenting and being an adult. And so we just thought we would unpack that a little bit today. So we have Simon Aubrey, which many of you will know, and Jill as well, administration extraordinaire. Uh, so, look, before going any further, it would be good to read some scripture because I'm mindful that we haven't done that yet. So, look, let me just read from Ecclesiastes 5. It's just a short couple of verses that speak about money and what it does uh, for us. So I'm just going to start at verse 11 and go to verse 12. As goods increase, so do those who consume them. And what benefit are they to the owners except to feast their eyes on them? The sleep of a labourer is sweet, whether they eat little or much. But as for the rich, their abundance permits them no sleep. So there's something in there, isn't there, about um, wealth can just kind of consume our soul. It can actually, it can be something that can distract us. Um, and sometimes even as it concludes, you know, it can rob us of good sleep. So just some interesting uh, scripture for thought there. Look, I might begin with Simon, if I can. Um, look, uh, I'd love to hear just a bit of a story around um, money for you. Um, has there been a story in which um, managing money has, has been part of that? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, I think for, for us, a, a story that takes back for a while has been uh, when we were first married and um, we were both students Time. I was studying uh, my theology degree and she was studying her teaching degree. Uh, and we were working a couple of different jobs and things like that. And, and money was really tight for us. Um, it was a, a source of struggle because we didn't have, have a lot. And we were really quite blessed and fortunate though, to have family members who looked out for us and supported us um, in a whole bunch of different and um, we're just so so grateful uh, to those people that really helped us get through those early years, both both studying um, for our vocational. Um, but it was really hard because we we were living, you know, like that that paycheck to paycheck kind of stuff, just sort of hanging on till the, the next amount of money came in, so that we could you know pay the the rent and or pay for electricity bills or food and clothes and stuff like that. Um, I mean, we had great support. Networks. It wasn't as though we were going to be you know, on the streets or anything like that. Looking back, it just reminds me how, how grateful we are um, to our families who were really supporting us financially. We were doing it for the time. And the resources that we have available to us now. 
Yeah, thanks, Simon. And it is it is such an interesting time, isn't it, when you you first get married or you first um, have a partner and you, you look at sort of managing those finances and being a student as well. <laughs> I've I've done that. Absolutely. It's, a, it's an interesting journey. Um, Jill, what about you? Have you got a, a couple of things that come to mind? Yeah, so um, a really tough time was probably when Isabel was a baby. Um, we'd gone through a time Andrew had really severe depression, so wasn't working and I was stay-at-home mum. So you're pretty much living on Centrelink, whatever they can give you. Um, and just that challenge, even just paying the rent. But like Simon, you know, having a really great family support around that, um, that could help out with those extra meals if they were needed or just um, yeah, the encouragement to, to keep going, you can do this. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And so, look, I'm, I'm just I'm really mindful as well that, um, you know, we, 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 we're, it looks like we're going to go through a bit of a stressful time. We're in a recession and we're still sort of waiting to see what that impact will be. Many of us within the community, we can think of people who are in jobs that might be a bit more vulnerable. Um, I'd love to hear from both of you around, you know, what, what has some of these money um, issues played out in your family? Has, has that meant a, a level of stress or anxiety? Um, I'd love to just hear a little bit more about that. Simon, if you could start. Sure, I'd love to. Um, I think for, for us as a family, we've actually been very fortunate, especially during the last um, 12 months where um, Bindi is a teacher and so she still has her, her job. Uh, I work two part-time role, one for church, um, and also at a not-for-profit mentoring work. And, and both of those roles rely heavily on people giving money to, to make them happen. And so um, we're a bit concerned about whether that might impact us as a, as a family, but so far it hasn't. Yeah, good. And and what about you, Jill? Any anything that resonates there? Um, I think a bit like Simon, looking at it, even just the start of this year before COVID started, um, I was fortunate to get a second job, and um, and yet yeah, for us, uh, I guess having budgeted for many many years now, I've, like, I'm one with a spreadsheet that <laughs> I um, I know to the cent what's in my bank account because yeah. the spreadsheet can tell me to, and if yeah. it's different, I go in search. Um, but yeah, so for me, I, I've been really blessed this year to have two jobs. So financially, um, I haven't actually been impacted like Simon um, is as well. But I'm certainly uh, working in my second job, which is with Foothills Community Care. I see um, the huge impact that's happening around us. That um, that's almost a silent impact at the moment. It feels because yeah, we're all at home, so our neighbours might not even know that we're. Yeah, that we're not at work or struggling financially. So, um, so yeah, as I said, I've I, we've been doing fine, but I certainly see there's a huge impact in our in our local community that's um, that's not doing so well. Yeah, thanks, Stuart. So, look, um, uh, in my conversation with Stuart, we we talked about how um, in the Bible, it you know, it doesn't give you a, a layout definition of what you should spend your money on, what you shouldn't, um, but it does certainly talk about being good stewards. It talks about being really wise with our money, and and even the scripture itself, you know, it does talk about that sense that the heart or the eyes or the mind can be somewhat um, muddied when money can come in. That sense that more doesn't always mean better. So, look, I'd love to know, just, just really briefly between the two of you, has, has God been a factor in your budgeting and, and what has that looked like? Simon. Yeah, um, without, without a doubt, um, like God, we make with our money, um, 
and we we want to make sure that we're being generous with what we have and um, giving away what we can where we can. Um, part of that is around budgeting to give money away to different organisations, places that do work in the community. Part of it is about, um, you know, sometimes money comes in unexpectedly and really we don't always know this. We try our best to say, God, what do you want to do? Really seriously. Yeah, thanks. And Jill, just briefly, what about you? Um, yeah, I've certainly seen God at play um, through finances, I guess, over the years. The number of times where you get down to that last dollar and you think, how am I going to pay that next bill? And somehow it just happens. <laughs> it's mm. It's quite incredible to see, and um, and like Simon, when you you're planning out, um, you know, now where where do I give back? And I'm quite aware of the fact that certainly with my own children, there've been times where, um, particularly my eldest, has been really struggling to pay the bills. But being in a position to be able to assist her and um, and then try to work through a budget process with her too, which is never easy with um, you know a young adult who would like to do things their own way, um, as I remember doing myself, but. Uh, yeah, I'll work this out myself and, and I'll get there. But, um, but yeah, lots of encouragement happening along the way as lots of people um, were put in my life to encourage me in the same way. Thanks, Jill. And thank you, Simon. Look, we really appreciate this conversation. It's always good to hear voices from the trench, <laughs> if I may. I hope that's a helpful expression, not a bad expression. Um, I'm really mindful too for both of you. You're going through a time of transition, Simon. You've got you've still got little ones that are hanging on, uh, which we love. But for you, Jill, it's a little different as well. You've got some 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 young chicks that are starting to leave the nest, um, and so you know within this conversation, we we're really mindful that God is with us and walking with us through this journey. It's not always easy. Um, sometimes He certainly blesses us us with good seasons, but when there, there are bad seasons, it is always good to to reach out for help. And so, friends, if you're listening along at home, and um, anything within this service has just brought up some some um, some memories for you, or even some feelings around your own finances, look, we'd love to um, forward you on to Cap Money. We'd love to um, even just have a conversation with you if you would like. On our Facebook page, we're going to have some links to Cap Money and some other links around how you can um, access some resources that we really hope will be helpful, uh, perhaps not today, but certainly over the next six to 18 months. Um, certainly God wants us to be in a good place and money can be one of those things that can hold us down. So look, friends, uh, both here within this room and also at home, God bless you this week. May God's face shine brightly and warmly upon you uh, in all that you do as you stay home or if you are going out to the park this week. Uh, may you know that God is holding you and guiding you through this season. God bless. Amen. Mm -hmm.